to be in the presence of Christ the King this morning. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, David, thank you for the song, for stepping in for Jonah there. And uh, I, uh, you know, this time of year, you know, it's, it's already been said that Christ came once and he's coming again. Earlier this week, we heard the sad news that uh, Mickey Cook passed away in her sleep. Um, but we rejoice in the blessed hope that we will see her soon because of Christ. Uh, not too far after that, I, I heard the news. Maybe you know the individual. His name is Fred Mance, a beloved brother of this community. He passed away also uh, just about a week ago. And so we want to continue to pray for, for these hurting families, especially during this time of year. Um, but we want to continue to encourage one another with the blessed hope that Christ the King came once and he's coming again. Friends, he wants to use each and every one of us to hasten that advent. He wants to use each and every one of us. I can already smell this. Can you smell this? <laughs> he wants to use each and every one of us to have an effervescent influence, to give people a sense that this world is not our home. <laughs> We're just a passing through. I want to encourage you now as we open up the word that uh, let us bow our heads together as we pray. Father, we long to see you face to face. We thank you so much for this time of year in which we get to remember how, how you really became flesh and dwelt among us, how you took every step to come near to us. And Lord, we're wanting to, to come near to you. We, we pray that you would use our lives to advance your advent. We pray that you would use our lives to hasten your coming. We pray that as we sit and as we listen, that we would really truly be discerning the voice of your spirit speaking to our hearts. We want to open up these pages of scripture with an eagerness, with a hunger, because you said those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So Lord, make us hungry today for your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Let the family say, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to Luke chapter 1, and this morning we're actually concluding our series, Contagious Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. I was, <laughs> I was hoping it wasn't a woohoo. <laughs> but Contagious Christianity, um, I actually wanted a part 7, but timing of things didn't work out. But um, I'll, I'll try to sneak in the, the seventh little C there maybe sometime later on. Um, actually, it's already kind of been highlighted here. If you want to be contagious, you heard the testimonies of small groups. If you want to be contagious, one of the C's that I think is so critical is if you want to be contagious, be engaged in community. Be engaged in community. You think about Elijah the prophet when he was running, when he was running for his life and he didn't feel like he was of any effect or any impact for God's kingdom. One of the things he was complaining about was that he was all by himself, all alone. But if you really want to be contagious, this is what God knows too. And so he counseled Elijah. He said, hey, you are not alone. <laughs> there are 7,000 others who haven't bowed the knee to Baal. And I'm telling you what to do now. This is what he says to Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. You can read all about it. He says to Elijah, now go disciple this person, disciple this person, and anoint that person. Engage yourself in meaningful community and watch how your impact grows. If you want to be contagious, be part of community. And maybe we'll 
save a sermon for that sometime later on in the next year or something. But okay, we're going to Luke chapter 1. Are you there? All right, Luke chapter 1, Contagious Christianity part 6. We're talking about, okay, we've been been, uh, discussing what it is to be contagious persons. Now we're talking about contagious practices, be in contact with people, converse of Christ. How many of you have been shining like stars this week, huh? Awesome. And this morning, the message is entitled, How Can This Be? We're starting in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. When you're there, say amen. All right. I'm reading from the New King James, and this is a story. We're catching it kind of mid-story, mid-miracle. The supernatural element in Luke chapter 1 has already been introduced. An angel has spoken to Zechariah about a miracle baby for Elizabeth. And now the angel Gabriel speaks to someone else. In verse 26, the Bible says, Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Question, is this a positive greeting, yes or no? Yeah, it's something to rejoice about, right? Notice how the angel calls Mary. Rejoice, highly favored one. Beautiful term. God is essentially affirming through this angelic uh, appearance. God is affirming Mary that she has been the object of God's special delight. God's special favor. In fact, this Greek word is used only one other time in Scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, where Paul says, to the praise of his glory, because he has made us accepted in the beloved. Wow, so the address to Mary is really an address to each and every one of us, that you and I have been made accepted in the beloved. That is, we are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And it's not that we have made ourselves. No, no, no. He made us accepted. Then this is just a small detail in this narrative, but I don't want us to miss that this is one of the key messages of the Christmas story. One of the key messages of the Christmas story is that God has made us accepted through Christ. We are the object of his special delight. In fact, the entire heavenly universe is so fixated upon upon being a blessing to this fallen world that it moves the heart of angels, it moves the heart of God himself to do all he can to save you and I. You are the object of some special desire. And so this address says, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And Mary in the next verse is doing cartwheels, yes? No. Verse 29, But when she saw him, She was, what's the next word in your Bible? Troubled. The the Greek, it it refers to a sense of agitation, being almost throttled and perplexed uh, with just this confusion, like what is going on here? Knees shaking, breath is, is lost. Mary doesn't know how to feel about this. And isn't that strange? That when we hear of God's favor, yes, it's a humbling reality. And sometimes it's a very troubling reality. What? I'm the object of God's favor. I've been called salt and light? Who, me? No, 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 no. You got to be looking at, you're not. It's a humbling reality and it's very troubling because sometimes we often prefer the life of anonymity. We often prefer just to kind of blend into the background. We often prefer to have no notice given our direction, but God has called us salt 
and light. That's a calling of special and divine favor. Can you say amen to that? And sometimes we tremble at that. Sometimes we're troubled. And Mary herself, she considered, in verse 29, considered what manner of greeting this was. In verse 30, the Bible says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And notice in verses 31 to 33, the angel begins to pronounce and declare a twofold promise. In verse 31, the Bible says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. In verses 31 to 33, there's a twofold promise. Promise number one, a miracle conception. Promise number two, a mighty conqueror. (laughs) The kings of this earth will no longer be, but the king of kings will come. That's his name. His name is Jesus. And and Mary, as as she hears this greeting, it's it's an amazing promise, yet she's stopped in her tracks. She's halted. She's fixated upon the the very first part of that promise as though it's something that it seems very impossible. In verse 34, here comes her question. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? How can this be? You see, Mary's uh, promise is actually our promise too. The angel said to Mary, hey, you are going to bear Jesus to the world. And it's the same promise given to those who are called jars of clay, right? You are going to bear the excellency of the knowledge of Christ to the world. And sometimes we get so uh, dumbfounded and flabbergasted like, how can this be since I and you fill in the rest, right? Notice the question, just break, slow that down a little bit. How can this be? Since I. See, the question that Mary asks is how? How? How is a concern of practicality, logistics, mechanics, right? How is this going to work? Can, when she says, how can this be? It's, it's, a, it's a question of ability, possibility, power, or lack thereof. And then when she says, how can this be since I? It's really a concern of self. Are you following this today, yes or no? Yeah? How many of us are familiar with Mary's question? (laughs) How, God, how are you going to work this out? No, 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 no. Oftentimes it's, how am I supposed to be part of this picture? Right? Because if we were truly focused on God, oh, God can create something out of nothing. We we would never even have room for that kind of a question. Who cares? It's God. But when we become fixated on ourselves as the limiting factor, or ourselves and our ability as that which is the the game changer, that's when we begin to think, how can this be since I am so young? How can this be since I am so old? How can this be since I've never been trained? How can this be? I've never gone to school for this. How can this be since I've had this kind of past? How can this be since I have no kind of hope? What is your how can this? It's a question of impossibility. 
And Mary asks this, we ask this over and over, but really it's just the result of being uh, uh, stopped or halted. It's the result of when we can't get past our own weaknesses, when we can't get past our own disadvantages, or our own inadequacies, or, or, excuse me, inadequacies, or our own lack of skill, or time, or resource, or training, that's when we begin to ask the question of impossibility. And to be honest, let's be very honest, those things do exist, right? Those disadvantages do exist. Those weaknesses do exist. Those uh, insufficiencies, they're real. But they don't have to have the last word. Amen? They don't have to define reality. They don't have to be the limiting factor. Those things don't have to have the final say. In fact, there's a story in the Old Testament uh, Zechariah chapter 4. Actually, let's go there really quickly. Zechariah, so hold your finger here in Luke uh, and then go a few books earlier to Zechariah. It's near the end of the Old Testament, maybe two books before Matthew. Zechariah chapter 4. In Zechariah chapter 4, there's this vision that is given to the prophet uh, regarding the work of God's people. You see, in the time of Zechariah the prophet, the, the people of God were trying to rebuild the temple. They were trying to restore true worship among God's people. They were trying to, to establish that institution that would truly reveal the character of God. Okay, something similar to what we are doing today in a spiritual sense. And in Zechariah chapter 4, there's this vision of, of a golden lampstand in verse 2. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 2. If you're there, say, I'm there. Okay, Zechariah 4 verse 2, it says, And he said to me, What do you see? So I said, I am looking, and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. In verse 3, two olive trees are by it, one at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. Verse 4, so I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, what are these, my Lord? So Zechariah sees this vision of the golden candlestick. And that golden candlestick is really to be a representation of God's people. Lights to the world, right? And what Zechariah sees is a little bit different than what he remembers from the plans of the original sanctuary. This candlestick is being powered and fueled by oil, not from a priest that is trying to pour oil into it, not from a human entity that is trying to give it oil, but it's being powered by two trees standing to the side of it. And when he asks, what is this? Then verse 5, Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. Verse 6, here's the kicker. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. That was the name of the governor at that time. And this is the word of the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Do you realize that in this vision, the, the difference that God wanted to communicate to his people was, look, your ability to shine light is not dependent upon one person who's trying to fuel this or that, who's trying to give you something to be motivated by. No, your ability to shine light is not by might. It's not by your might. It's not by your power, but by his spirit. You see, when the question of impossibility comes up, how can I? How can I do that? It's not about you and me. It's about God's Spirit. That's why in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when Jesus speaks to his disciples, he says, But you shall receive power 
after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses unto me, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The real game changer, the real difference maker, is the Holy Spirit in your life. And this, if you go back to Luke chapter 1, this is the exact response of God to Mary in her time of asking, how can this be? God turns her attention from herself to her availability to the Holy Spirit. Watch, Luke chapter 1, verse 34 is where the question is. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Verse 35, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will what? Come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. God's response to Mary's question. God's response to your concern and our sense of, I got nothing. God's response is, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. It's powerful. Because when that that word, it says uh, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. In the New Testament, that that word is used only a handful of times. And it's describing that Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus is on a a, a mount with three disciples, Peter, James, and John. And it's the presence of God just kind of overshadows them. And Jesus' figure is truly like, transformed. His clothes are turned into white, and he's truly seen for the divine Son of God. That's what God's presence does. God's presence, when he overshadows us, he transforms us. In fact, in the Old Testament, when, when that same Greek word is used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it's used for the first time in Exodus chapter 40, where it's talking about the tabernacle being set up, And it says that the cloud came over the tabernacle. And what was that cloud a representation of? God himself. God's very presence. And it says that the cloud rested upon the tabernacle. the, The presence of God so filled the tabernacle that Moses couldn't even go in to get things going. So it's not just talking about God being with us, but God being in us. God dwelling so fully, so God's presence being so thick in our lives that nothing else can enter, nothing else can can perturb or penetrate. Wow. When you and I are fearful, God's promise is, my Holy Spirit will come upon you. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that this temple, this temple, could be so filled and overshadowed by the very presence of God that nothing else can bother it. (laughs) That when he comes and overshadows us, that we would be so transformed that people would see a glimpse of heaven. Wow. This is what God wants to do with us, through us, in us, every day. You see, our call to be contagious, our call to to be effervescent, our call to have impact in people's lives may seem like an impossibility. But the same assurance that was given to Mary is given to each and every one of us. The same assurance of his power, of his presence, of being 
overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. That's for you and for me too. And so if you want to be contagious, be covered by the Spirit of God. If you want to be contagious, be covered by the very presence of God. Because the truth is, it's not this one-liner that's going to change someone's heart. It's going to be the Spirit of God. It's not going to be your charisma, although you may have plenty of it. (laughs) It's not going to be your winsome smile, although we want to see it. It's going to be the Spirit of God who brings Jesus to this world. Amen. (laughs) It's not by might, nor by power, but by His Spirit. Just this morning in my devotional time, I was reading something from uh, just an obscure place in the writings of of, uh, Spirit of Prophecy. It says this. This is from manuscript number 130, written in 1902. It says, Receiving the Spirit of Christ, every one of his followers will fulfill a divinely appointed mission. There's no ifs, ands, or buts right there, right? Receiving the Spirit of Christ, every one of his followers will fulfill a divinely appointed mission, not merely to be an influence among influences, as though, you know, there's lots of candles around and we're just trying to pick up the scent. No, 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 not just an influence among many influences, but to be a special influence for God in every sense of the term. Wow. When you and I are covered by the Spirit of God, You will not just be a light. You will be the light. See, the point that God was wanting to get across to Mary was this. I am with you. I am with you. We often think to ourselves, I I, I don't know how I can witness this person. I don't know how I can influence this person. I I don't have this. I don't have that. No, 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 no. no. You may feel all by yourself, (laughs) but I am with you. And here's, you know, I'll insert this thing about about community. You say, you may not have any human friend around you, but God will be your community. He says, I am with you. (laughs) And that's why we we so long for relationships, because when we feel the least effective is when we feel the most alone. You can write this one down. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse, okay, we can go there too if you want. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25, and uh, just inserting another C here about being in community. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, he says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. You see, this is so critical. Sometimes we think to ourselves that, I mean, and rightly so, we focus on having a personal relationship with Jesus, right? I mean, rightly so. We need to have a one-on-one connection with Jesus. Nobody else can have a faith for us. Does that make sense? Like, we can do certain things for each other. We can open the door for each other. We can, you know, give each other a blanket or a jacket or something like that, but we can't eat for somebody else, right? We can't have faith in Jesus for somebody else. 
We ought to have a personal relationship with God, but sometimes we get so caught up in me, myself, and I that we forget that the whole New Testament, the whole Scriptures was written for we. Does that make sense? That's why the Scripture says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works because the times when we need to be stirred up are the times when we're alone. Verse 24, excuse me, verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Get together! You don't feel contagious? Find community! You don't feel like you have impact? Well, take somebody with you so that you can have greater impact. That's why Jesus sent out his disciples, two by two, right? That's why, uh, you know, throughout uh, the inspired writings of Ellen White, you find this, this idea of company evangelism, missionary bands. I love that because God wants us to operate in such a way that we're working together because no one of us, no one of us has every spiritual gift. Can we admit that? Yeah? Okay. If we did, then one of us would be the body of Christ. It's impossible, okay? We need one another. So if you want to be contagious, be connected to community. Be connected to community. If you don't feel like you can reach out to your neighbor, you know, you have this desire, but, but you just don't have the oomph, then find somebody else who can be that oomph for you, okay? Oh man, I do this with, with my daughter, Jenna, all the time. I don't have the guts to give the glow to this person at Costco. Hey, Jenna, and she's so awesome about it. Who's going to say no? Who's... Anyways, sorry, Jenna. I, I don't feel like, yeah, anyways, I'm not. We're a great team. We're a great team. Amen for team. And here's the point. Here's the point. Mary thought it was impossible because she said, how can this be since I? She was all by herself. But God's assurance was, you're not by yourself. How does God want to assure us that we're not by ourselves? First, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Second, by fulfilling that promise through us. So if you feel like you're not contagious, find community. Find community and get contagious, okay? If you feel like that you want to be more contagious, ultimately, it boils down to being covered by the Spirit of Christ. Receiving the Spirit, we will each fulfill the divinely appointed mission. And so, as you're back in Luke chapter 1, in verse 37, well, I'll start in verse 36, the angel continues to give this assurance, hey, hey, we've got things taken care of, Mary. <laughs> Verse 36, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. Wow, there, there it is. You're not alone in this whole mir miracle thing. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. You may feel alone, but when you're with God, Nothing will be impossible. And notice Mary's response. So humble. Then Mary said, verse 38, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let that sink in just a bit. Because right there, Mary's response ought to be our response. There is a dramatic shift from verse 34's question, how can this be since I'm... <sighs> to verse 38, where it says, Behold, 
I'm the maidservant of the Lord. Behold, I've given myself to him. I belong to him. I am not alone. Let it be done to me according to his word. In Desire of Ages, page 98, it says, The birth was to teach a great spiritual truth, a truth that we are slow to learn and ready to forget. In ourselves, we are incapable of doing any good thing, but that which we cannot do will be wrought by the power of God in every submissive and believing soul. You want to be covered with the Spirit of Christ? Give yourself to him. (laughs) You see, when we talk about the Holy Spirit and making us effective witnesses, it's not that we use God. It's that he uses us. You know, we don't pray for the Holy Spirit so that we can manipulate spiritual power. No, 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 no. We say, behold, the servant of the Lord. That's my identity. I am his. I belong to him. I've given my, I've submitted my agenda, my priority, my will to him. Let it be to me according to his word. That's bold submission. Do those two words go together? Bold submission. To say, hey, whatever you want, I'm yours, you're mine, let's do this thing. (laughs) How will we respond today to the question of impossibility? When it seems impossible to be be contagious, when it seems impossible to have an impact, when it seems impossible to make a disciple, when it seems impossible, realize that you're not alone and that the Spirit of Christ can cover you. So what will it take? Recognize, first of all, I am his. (laughs) Say like Mary said, I am God's servant. Recognize that you are not alone. Recognize that he is with you. Recognize that you belong to God. And in that recognition, lose sight of yourself. Lose sight of your hang-ups. Lose sight of your weaknesses, your, your disadvantages. Lose sight of your inabilities and weakness. And when you do, watch out. Because the cloud of God's presence will so overshadow you (laughs) that you will be transformed. The cloud of God's presence will so indwell you that you'll give light to the world. Not by your might, not by your power, but by God's spirit. Do you believe this this morning? Yeah? I want to spend some special time of prayer. Just praying for a submissive heart. Praying for a heart that gives the Holy Spirit a green light to say, okay, I'm yours. I'm not alone in this. It's all you. And that only comes as people pray. That only comes as we ask. And so here's what we're going to do as we close this time out. As we close this series together, I want you to find someone that's next to you. If you're not sitting next to somebody right now, go ahead and maybe someone in front of you or behind you. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would truly cover us. Cover us individually, cover us as a church family, okay? So let's find someone that we can pray with. And um, in just a few moments, I'll, I'll close with a general prayer, all right? Ready, set, go.